This is Bruce Sheffer of the Tri-Tac Games Podcast. Due to personal issues, I have had to hang up my hat as editor, which means that you are now going to be receiving for at least the next month all the episodes of the Tri-Tac Podcast unedited. I'm just going to take care of the most grievous things like dropouts and restarts and anything else is pretty much the way people talk so i hope you uh appreciate all the hard work we put in editing before and and sometime after but in the meantime here's the show welcome to the try games podcast This is John. This is Blix. This is Trav. And this is Tohoka. Welcome to the TriTech Games podcast, where you have a planet and all of a sudden something happens. And what happens when what I would call an Omega level event happens to Earth Prime? What would IDET do? What would Unita, how would Unita go about taking care of? Earth Prime and basically the billions of non-fringeworthy that don't have an easy escape route. Yeah. All right. That, so you have these aliens, okay, and they they they're basically they've taken out Earth uh, using let's say rocks, okay. So they're going to come in and and they're going to you know uh, occupy and stuff like that, or they're making um, a, a, a threat. They're saying, okay, now Earth government kowtow to us because otherwise we'll finish the job. So what's IDET what's IDET going to do about it? Oh, I mean, you know, figure out what level tech. I mean, obviously, they they have a higher tech than we have, so they they're, they're starfaring. But are they going faster and lighter? Do they take forty years to get here? You know, slower than light. You know, on a on a, on a, on, a, uh, on a slow ship or whatever. I mean, what what tech level are we talking about? Okay, who who has read Harry Turtle Dove's World War in the Balance series? No, I haven't. Oh, I recommend it for all of you. It's three, four, five books, and it's marvelous. Absolutely exactly what happens during World War II when the aliens show up and say, wait a minute, you should be, uh, your technology should be 400 years ago, and uh, why the hell do you have tanks? And they have roughly 21st century technology, and it's an even match. Or there's footfall where basically... It's not that they're invading. They just simply consider that Earth is a great place to set up their next colony. Right. They're pacifying the natives, and they're, and they're moving in. Yeah. 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 They're not necessarily going to kill off everyone, but they're going to basically become the new overlords. You know, and... Uh, yeah, because they've done that in other places. So, you know, and they don't really have to be that much higher tech than we are. I mean, like I said, maybe it's a slow ship. Maybe it's like, it's like in Footfall. It took them... A century or so, at least to get here, but they're like you know, 
a hundred years ahead in technology with some extra better, higher bits. That is exactly the Turtle Dove novel and what happens. Yeah, but the point the point is they're at the top of the gravity well. We're at the bottom. That makes them pretty invulnerable until we get until they until we can get something up there that can that can possibly take them out, which they do in the book. Okay, but this is but now this is fringeworthy. So what are what resources do we have? Gee, the fringe the fringe paths with a system portal sneak up behind them. Okay, well the nearest portals are Mars. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get a good running start. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, let, let me make a suggestion here. Yeah. Euro 13 world. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there we, we have the, you know, uh, uh, the Playtex effect, right, Trav? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If we can, if they can make it in 18 hours, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if I may toot my own, uh, my own supplements, there's this thing called the Weathermaker. It's a man-portable device that can hit a target in orbit. It does a million points of penetration one inch wide. Ow. <laughs> yeah. So, sounds, seems to me like I, if, if we were being invaded by aliens and they were pretty much kicking the snot out of us and we didn't have any good defenses against them, I'd be heading to the, what, the, the place that I knew actually had high-tech and unexpected offensive weapons. The question is, would Bureau 13 help us? Well, gee, we have that well, gee, we have that whole trade and technology agreement. We just have to get in contact with Colonel Shea Talbot and go, yeah, we got a problem back there. You got anything that can help? Yeah, we're also talking about something pretty darn we're talking about a lot of support. We're 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 essentially asking them to arm us as an army to go back and do that. Is that is that a little bit too far outside of their purview, or do you think they'd be down with it? I think Colonel Talbot would probably say, oh, you so owe us later. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? Bureau 13 is is in the business of saving the world, right? So they would see us, I, I kind of think they see us as good allies. So, Well, we hooked them up. Well, remember, Blix, I did hooked up. Bureau 13 with technology 30 years beyond theirs. Right. So I th I think so. And, and it may even be with the stipulation that, that it's their people that bring it and their people that operate it. Well, yeah. They'd, they'd have to be fringeworthy, so we'd have to assume that they are, that we've learned how to do the, make everybody fringeworthy of them. Well, either that or they, or they bring enough people. I mean, you said this is a man-portable type device, right? Well, that particular one is, but they have lots of other things, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. They've got magic. Yeah, I mean, if you can, if you get to the point where you know about the French train, you make the eighteen hours no problem. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even getting into the French train. I didn't know if we wanted to go down that road. You don't even have to. You, you can. Well, actually, it's thirteen away. So you're, yeah. You, it's a, there's a distance issue to deal with there. Yeah. So the train would pretty much have to be involved in this. Seven hundred fifty miles, we figured. So, but of course, a French shuttle can, you know, like that. It's well, who else is advanced near us? Well, wait, let's, let's not leave Bureau 13 alone yet. Let's say the Bureau 13 failed to help us. Let's say they said, look, we're going to give you some stuff, okay, but we're not going to arm you to the teeth to take out an entire alien species, especially since we really don't know what's going on. One of our, some of our biggest problems on this world has happened because we jumped in before we really knew what the story was. So we're only going to help you a little bit, but not enough to actually let you take your world back. So would I did at that point say, you know, 
we know that this what's in this world. We're going to go find ourselves an evil mage, and he's going to come back with us and make some, you know, you know, summon up some antimatter and start doing some stuff, or maybe, uh, you know, a, a death cloud or you know, finger of death or to to the alien spacecraft or something like that. Would would I be willing to go that route? I'm not sure Colonel Talbot would really want to be doing that. That'd be like. Uh... I'm not, I'm not, I don't think they would go through Eternal Tablet. I'm asking, would, would IDET, in order to save their planet, would they be willing to make an end run around Bureau 13? A necromancer, a necromancer, raise all those dead. They'd be good for however long he's alive. I mean, he, he can operate. You're, you're saying IDET. You're leaving out all the other players on Earth. They're not, you know, IDET's not the only ones that are being invaded by these aliens. Let's be honest. If 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 we have the Richardson and Russian portals open, they'd be pulling their fringe worthy back, saying, "You guys need to go out there and get something." It'd be American fringe worthy going through the through the Richardson Mountain, American Canadian probably, and it'd be Russians going what through about, Russia. What about the Chileans? What 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 difference does that make? I don't understand, John. Uh, the difference between doing it for the world and doing it for your country. He's saying that. Basically, the UN would not really have any power. It would just be every country for themselves. Could be. Yeah, if you got if you got a portal nearby and you can get to it, you know, Easter Island would be a war would be a war zone. People fighting over getting to the portal. Well, let, let's let's assume that there's a mix. Let's assume that IDET still exists and IDET still has people who believe in the rainbow. Uh, a rainbow concept of us doing it for the world. There's going to be people that are fringe worthy who are so um, nationalistic that they're going to say, we're going to go out and, and nationalize teams and we're, we're, we're not going to be under IDET anymore for a while. Yeah. But there's going to be a mix. I'm just saying is that, you know, if, if Bureau 13 doesn't come across either quick enough or big enough, uh, are these groups going to try to do an end run around them and go and find solutions on their own based upon all the information that they've been able to get from Bureau 13 all these years. Mm. Well, there's a place they can go to if they can figure out how to re-weaponize it for alien biology, the Rogue 417 world. <laughs> Re-weaponize Rogue 417 so it works in the aliens. That's a big job. Yeah, considering John won... You have to get a sample of the Rogue 417 without infecting yourself. Well, fringe where fringe where they are all immune, where our biology is just that little bit different than we do. That's right. Okay, yes, fine. Two, in order to make a disease viable against an alien race, you got to capture one and test it, which means you got to go through all that just to get one alive. Yeah, and sadly, you'll, you'll probably have a better chance of making it work against rutabagas than you would against alien life anyway, so... Exactly. Depends on how alien. It'd be more work than it's worth. Yeah. Would, I, would I that be willing to make a deal with an old god on the Bureau 13 world and say, if you will come through and save us from these aliens, we'll give you a new place to stay? Someplace where Bureau 13 isn't kicking your butt every time. Ooh. Wow, that's... I don't... Oh, I don't know, man. Bruce, there was a saying... Bruce, there was a saying in the Justice League comic when Max Lord was talking with Luther and Oberon said, when you shake hands with the devil, you keep your other hand tightly on your soul. No. <laughs> Just, I'd be like, I don't know. 
Well, it depends on how bad the aliens are. I mean, it might be one of those things where it's just kind of like, look, it can't be worse. Trade one evil for another, Blix. <laughs> yeah, but I know. But I mean, it might be one of those things where it's like, dude, it, it can't be worse. I mean, we're we're dying here. Oh, never say that. <laughs> you know never to say that. Oh. Come on. <laughs> desperation, dude, desperation brings a lot out in people. Yeah, I, I'm, and human beings don't deal very well with not being at the top of the food chain. No. Well, yeah. yeah we suck at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm looking at the various places where you can go to for help. Depending on your relations with the uh, folks on minus two, zero, one, uh, on alt zero, one, uh, or actually zero, two. Who, who is that? Come on. Martian America. The Martians. Oh, sent. Run for your lives, you'd be up to your armpits and Martians. Make for you know, see if the if you get some war, Martian war machines. Ack, 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 ack. Yeah, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. That's an but idea. These are okay, these are Wellsian Martian war machines. Oh nice. You know. Well, uh, are they Wellsian Martian? I could Martian take out one machines? of those with an M seventy two and a pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> Are they the Wellsian war machines, or are they the Mars attack alien? In nineteen, it basically it's the it's the Martians from uh, the 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 War of the Worlds radio broadcast. Broadcast, okay, okay, yeah, thirty-nine. Right, those, those are pretty serious. Yeah, they they can you know they can kick butt. <laughs> and since but, we don't we don't know what powers them, so you know. Yeah, but yeah, the other thing is, yeah. So at the very least, they have eighteen hours of operation before they die, and of course, the crew dies because, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, and there are some other, and there's some other worlds, for example, that have things like dragons on them. It, it might be possible to bring some of those through. You know, I don't know if they're intelligent or not. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm just saying is that you know, it, it just seems like if you're trying to to get rid of the aliens, the more. You know, they think they know this world, and all of a sudden, just the weirdest things in the world start popping up. When yep. you talk about the Bureau world, you can find three or four vampires. They're already dead, so they're going to go right through the portal and uh, bring them back uh, to Earth. And uh, they, with speed and agility and everything else, would be unstoppable. Well, I thought they couldn't go through Richard if they were intelligent. They had to be fringe if they were intelligent. But can you... If vampires... Yeah, they're intelligent. Yeah, they're sapient. They're, even though they're dead, they're still they still got brains inside their head. As long as they make it in eighteen hours, yeah. Well, I'm just yeah. questioning that whether or not they're fringe worthy. That's all. I would think if they were fringe worthy, I'm, I'm trying to remember if we said if you're fringe worthy and you die and you become intelligent undead, do you still retain your fringe worthiness? I'm trying to remember what. But the solution is obvious, which is that they're vampires. Okay. Put them, in, put them into a crate, drop it down to negative 280 degrees, whatever that was. They're now considered dead to, to, to the fringe pass. Bring them through, thaw them up, they get up and say, okay. If we can get to it, and that would be, uh, depending on how far away it is. Where, now, where, where is the FTL universe, Richard? Uh, don't ask me. I did 2,000 <laughs> portals. I don't remember where a lot of stuff is. I think it's the one with the shaker soup kitchen, so it's like in the positive 80s or something. Oh, that's too far away. Yeah. Well, I keep it within 10, you know, 10 platforms. Oh. Let's see, there's there. I'm looking at 
God's Planet on uh, plus six, alt five, zero five. Pious people under the rules of a psychotic but godlike power. I wonder if you convince that guy to come visit. It would be along the lines of, yeah, you want more people to worship you and you can lord over? You're just going to have to get rid of these guys to do it. Yeah, for 18 minutes, for 18 hours. Well, he might, if he's not magical, John, he's still going to exist here on our planet. That's right. If he's, if he's psionic, then yeah, he still operates. You're right. Yeah. Or if he's just something that, you know, the physics doesn't preclude. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I agree with Peter that, you know, bringing through a god is, you know, I mean, I, I suggested it, okay? But I, I'm, I'm th- I was thinking basically a fairly weak god, like the old gods, they're already passing away. And so that's why they'd be really interested in trying this. But, I mean, I'm not talking about an omnipotent god that, you know, I just want something that's tough enough to take out the aliens. You know, something could fly, something could go into orbit and kick their butt, you know, so, <laughs> You know, something that's not going to be limited, you know, to our our planet or fighting a uh, a ground war when they're basically ruling the skies. You know, that's that's the reason why I was kind of thinking of like an old god like that. But but you're right. If you can if, if you if you can get a vampire to operate, um, uh, certainly you could just let him just go to town. You know, on uh, uh, on an alien uh, um, uh, landing site. And then you might be able to get your hands on one of those alien ships if he just kills everybody on board. Actually, Richard Richard made men mention. Now, Richard, when you said tune fringeworthy, don't go bad after 18 hours, am I correct? Correct. Tune World, 9-6. They bring tune weapons. Wow. That would be bad. <laughs> And good. I mean, I like. I, I mean, I, I had no problem. I liked uh, Roger Rabbit. I mean, they, they had yeah. their little tune town and everybody else, and we got along. I mean, it could yeah. happen. Hey, Popeye with a, with a case of spinach, he'd take care of all the aliens by himself. <laughs> That's true. As long as he's got that spinach going for him. Yeah. Hey, hey, I have a question. Can you, if you're good enough, can you control a mind transfer? I don't understand the question. Are you saying uh, can, can you, you choose pick? who you go into? Yes. Um, I think it's random. It's, because It's not listed that way. Uh, no, but, I don't think so. Okay, never mind then. It's, basi- it's basically an acceptable brain within a short range of the portal. Okay, so you're thinking, I see where you're going, Peter. You're thinking of going into one of the aliens. Yeah, yeah, getting inside and, 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 and sabotaging the thing. Well, I like yeah. I, I like I like how you're thinking here, Peter. Yeah. Oh, we forgot something else. If we're bringing in uh, people from other worlds to help out, superheroes. Oh, oh, good one, Trav. <laughs> oh yeah, the green the, the the Green Lantern. That's his job to protect Earth from aliens. <laughs> and we're talking any. I mean, even. I mean, we're not talking even Green Lantern and Superman. I mean, just. Average powered superheroes still, they're still more powerful than than normal humans. At the very least, they would give uh give the aliens a run for their money. Yeah. Get them on board the ship, they can just come in and bip 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 done and you know yeah. Well if if they're not if if 
if their powers don't aren't linked to their ability to survive, like you know, let's say a living elemental kind of thing. Human Torch, for example, is a person who can turn into a flaming guy that can fly really fast and produce a lot of flame. So after yeah. the eighteen hours, he just goes sput, and he'd still be a normal person. You could get him back on the fringe paths and bring you know and send them back home. So yeah, you. So I could see you'd go to that world and start. You, um, I guess recruiting. You, I would say, recruit a teleporter, who can t- you know? Because the reason why is because you're coming out of Richardson's Mountain, you come out of Easter Island, you come out of Siberia, and you need to get someplace else. A teleporter who, who can teleport a large number of people would get you closer to there, so you don't have to worry about wasting time transporting them there. Unless, of course, they're all, they're in orbit, in which case it's all going to be the same thing. And I mean, yeah. you, soon you can transport, you can teleport into orbit. You know, yeah. You don't have that. Uh, you know, if you have a line of sight thing where you can see them up there, okay. Otherwise, there's there was one person on Bureau Thirteen World who could teleport absolute distances. So you know, it was you just simply say that direction, one hundred and two miles, bang. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, and also depending on the aliens, if, if their technology is not, you know, say their technology is all centered around their space travel and not really the military technology, just to make it e- make it easier for us to conquer them, uh, then you just need to get better, you know, get that one level higher of technology than they have to, to, to take them on. Well, because uh, Earth Prime is very early PL six in the early campaign and I would I would probably say they would go a tech level per um era in the canon. So they're PL six in the early campaign, PL seven in the middle campaign, PL eight in the late campaign. So let's say this happens five years in. That's still the early campaign, but that PL seven is cutting edge prototype technology. PL seven means you can start making spaceships and laser weapons and whatnot to, you know, even the score a little, you know, level out the playing field. Yeah, or you can take a tip of hat from um, from Footfall and build Michael, which evens the score a bit, which I'm not going to, you know, if you're interested, look up Footfall and Michael, you know, and then you understand what, I, what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, all right. So. Yeah, he's also he's also known as Arch Arc as the Archangel Michael. Yeah, yeah, I, I figured that. Yeah. For a second, I thought you were getting your books wrong, and you were talking about Michael from a, a Moon Is a Harsh Mistress. No, 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 different Michael. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, and and when aliens come, assuming of course they're not coming literally in huge mass. You know, if they come and they uh, like they do in in the show Defiance, and they start dropping terraforming bombs and and all kinds of alien creatures, then you know, it, even if you drive them away, of course, Earth is going to be a radically altered landscape. Uh, but uh, it, it just kind of depends on how many show up. I mean, are when they show up, are, are they showing up in like a hundred small ships? Are they showing up in a gigantic big ship? Are they going to first land on the moon and, and basically build up a technological base there and then send out their ships to Earth? So uh, it, it, so you end up swatting the ships on Earth, but you have to get out there to the moon and destroy its its true base uh, or uh, or you're not really doing anything. Or they land in the middle of the, uh, of the Atlantic Ocean and go to the bottom because that's where they like to live. 
you know, uh, but they but they don't like us upstairs, so they start t- attacking us that way. Yeah, with with well, weather, you know, and 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 yeah, you know, <laughs> I assume you're you're making a reference to the abyss. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so we have problems that that way as well. Um, yeah, so it's there's all yeah, and you know, the the biggest question, you know, the biggest thing is why are they attacking Earth? And usually, I, my answer is these days because well, we're warlike and violent, and they basically just want to make sure that we we're not competition for them in the future. Or or they're looking for our resources. They've managed to deplete their... No, no. There's resources to be all out in space. If you come to Earth for water, you're stupid. There's more water in space than than, than, than there is on the Earth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. There's, there's water everywhere. Well, there's the big question, which is, is that, you know, you are a star-faring population, but does that mean you're comfortable living in space? Yeah. Or do you actually want to have some terra firma underneath your feet earth is a very you know is a very comfortable world in comparison to every other planet in our solar system well to, to us it has it has organics and that's something you don't find out in space you know it has complex organics which you don't find out in space so that's one reason they would probably show up here of course they probably would reprocess it so it worked for their, with their uh, biology and chemistry but still you know it's easier to, to, to what basically they would terraform Excuse me. Terraform the world to their liking, which would kill us off. Quite possibly. Yeah. Actually, you know, hey, hey, before before we get off this, I'm just I'm just imagining, you know, it's like uh, the the aliens. We, we've come for your water, and and you're like, really? You flew past Saturn? You, you flew past how many comets? <laughs> <laughs> you flew past yeah. the Oort cloud. Wait, are you stupid? <laughs> Those things are pretty spread out, but I mean, what's the moon that's uh, uh, that's around Saturn or Jupiter that's like oh, almost entirely Ganymede? water? Oh, Ganymede! That's what I'm saying. There's a couple of them. There's, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're all ice. They're, they're, there's tons of ice. In fact, the, the Ganymede has more water out than Earth has. They think. What is it? Uh, I think. I think the current thinking is is that a good chunk of Saturn's rings is actually the water spewing off one of the moons. Right? It's like. <laughs> Dude, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I mean, even a, even an asteroid has more has water in it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they so, maybe maybe they only want to use liquid water. So, so we must assume they they have they have come for more than just the water. Yeah, and more than our women. <laughs> well, that that's not a bad idea though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, arguably, you know, uh, I mean, you could you could use human women as um, uh, uh, places to put their their uh, embryos and grow, you know, like yeah, breeding stock. Yeah, we, I mean, but not actually breed with us. Actually, just use us as a biological incubator. We've talked. Right. You know, there's there's been a lot of stories about using cows and other animals for that same purpose. You know, pigs are very close to our own biology. Biology, yeah. it's possible that could happen. So they might be seeing all the multitudes of you know of creatures that are man-sized or bigger as just being a great way of raising a standing army in a short period of time. I actually take a tip of hat from Prometheus, the movie Prometheus. It's it's not that they want anything from us. They just don't want us to be around anymore. They're xenophobes. And, and the invasion is, well, xenomorphs. Okay, remember when I was talking about the French travelers who just roll out and don't 
Donka, yeah. Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Earth was nice. There's another one around the corner. <laughs> well, you know, that's where you go and you drop the, the 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 purple weed out there or something like that. Some kind of terrible thing that's going to destroy you know Earth, and then you come back a hundred, two hundred years later when things have settled down a bit, and then you know start repopulating it from other you know close allied worlds. All stone xenomorphs laying around in fields. <laughs> Dude, and then his mouth comes out. Dude, <laughs> Bessie, my shotgun. There's a guy laying in the field. It's like this thing wants to punch through my chest, but it's too tired. <laughs> <laughs> this thing wants to have uh, Congress with my mouth, but I don't. I'm not letting it. You know, <laughs> it's it's punched its way halfway through your chest, and the two of them are singing a duet. Oh God! <laughs> with the hat. Hello, my baby. Hello, my <laughs> again. Check. Under your skin. <laughs> uh, let, let's go really off the reservation here. As my last idea here, which was, what about the rapture? Uh, did you see what I posted in the group? No, I, I haven't had a chance. Okay, we all know that magic does not work on Earth Prime. I would consider the rapture. It's not magic. Uh... I mean, I can see it happening on Bureau 13 Earth, but trouble is... You, oh, yes, definitely. You lose three-quarter of your team in the process, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. My point here is is that, you know, a, a very large percentage of our world, which is supposed to be the template for Earth Prime, believe in this possibility. So it's it, to me, it's not such a big stretch to go and do that. So you, know, you have a situation where all of a sudden you lost... Um, I don't know, let's call it, say like, you know, uh, uh, three out of every 10 people just suddenly disappear. Um, you know, is, is that bad? Is, is everyone just going to go, huh? Now, if you saw the movie recently where they, they did the, 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 sp the spoof on the rapture. I mean, it was just that. It was also like rains of blood. and Oh, this is the end? Yeah, this is the end. It started showing up, demons and stuff. So that would be pretty bad, okay? And and I can see where you'd want it at that point. You'd want to go to Bureau Thirteen World to go and say, "Hey, I need a cadre of priests you know, from Father McGarn." You know, I need a young priest and an old priest. There's yeah. another movie that came out on the Rapture called Rapture Palooza. That's the one I was actually talking about. Ah. Okay, because the other Rapture one was a um, was a group of writers, actors, and are uh, uh, in party in California when the Rapture happened. Oh yeah, that that's uh, Seth. Seth Rogen. Oh, that's that's the Rapture. Okay, I didn't know why they were stuck in the house. Oh yeah, it was the Rapture. Now, now there is, of course, the serious Rapture movies. They were made by by uh, uh, very religious Christian groups. Oh, Left Behind. Yeah, with Kirk Cameron. Yeah, Left Behind. Yeah, right. The Left Behind series. But, you know, this the rapture, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be a religious rapture. I mean, it could also be another one of those alien invasions where they come along and go, yeah, where are you? When are you? When are you? When are you? Bye. Gone. <laughs> so I guess my question is, is that, uh, first of all, how many people have to suddenly disappear for a total disruption of life on this planet? Uh, in the first world, let's say first world, because we know that in the third world, they could probably use, lose 90% of your population. And you'd still be okay because it's so, such low tech area. Yeah, because it's low tech, you need the you need the fat, you need the population to maintain it though. So it'd be a disaster no matter where no matter where it happened. If you're a sheep herder, I, you know, uh, if if not if ninety percent of all the other people who might steal your sheep disappear, I think your sheep are still safe. 
They're your customers too. Yeah, but but I I I still think that I think Bruce is right in this, and we 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 mentioned this before. We're talking about how. People who who live in undeveloped regions are a little more self sufficient than those of us in the developed regions because we our society is really based on um, a consumer market. You know, I mean, we we're more. So, I, I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just saying that I think we're more dependent on the people around us. I mean, I'm, I'll just look. I'll take myself as an example. I'll, let's I'll just throw myself out there, right? I have grown some food in my life. Am I good at it? No. And I mean, like, do I know? Yeah, dark soil, sure. That that's good. How much do I water it? I have no idea. What kind of fertilizer would I use? What kind of bugs do I have to worry about? What happens if bugs do get into it? Yeah. I don't know any of that stuff, man. I would starve to death. I mean, I know how to hunt stuff, but you know, I live in an urban. You know, I don't live in like a. I mean, yeah, I live in an urban region. I don't live in a very rural region. And while I could go to a rural region, that's what everybody else is doing too. Um, so hunting is not really all that 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 viable because everyone around me is hunting there's not gonna be anything left um I, i'm gonna starve to death i mean unless i unless you get to a farm right and and then if i get to okay so i get to a farm right i'm not the only one doing that and this farmer's not gonna like me coming to his farm and farmers are generally well armed well that farmer may have been raptured so you never know <laughs> yeah, because of the salt of the earth. Okay, so wait a minute. So I get to the farm, and then what? I still don't know how to grow food. You eat yes. the farmer. <laughs> I eat the farmer. Oh, jeez. How, how many, how, what percentage of the population, once it disappears, are we, are we cooked? Well, it depends on the population. I mean, okay, let's, let, let's be egotistical and say all the, all the people with an IQ above 140 vanish. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. At that point, you know, that's a lot of people. I mean, that's a lot. That that that's a that that's like what ten percent of the population. But they but they're all in charge of things. They're the ones that make things work and run things. All of a sudden, you got the folks who design the computers, build the computers. They're gone. Well, I think that most of your people running the um, uh, nuclear power plants are probably those people too. Yeah. Congratulations! We now have idiocracy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, but the point—I'm I'm saying, but but, uh, but the people who like run the the coal-fired ones, okay? Do, are they low enough down the curve that they would be able to keep those? No, I've been to a coal-fired plant. Those things are just as complicated as a, I mean. Basically, the only difference is you don't have to worry about getting radiation poisoning. You just got to worry about getting lung cancer. Let the engineer chime in here. Uh, there's plenty of engineers I work with that have less than 140 IQ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. He still runs. <laughs> but how do those guys get by? Because they, they know the guys with the 140 IQs are taking uh, care of things for them. Yeah, I know, I know. But but I, I think um, I think that, that would put a serious crimp in our society. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So you think you think ten percent would would be the real would be a tipping point? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think ten percent. I mean, considering the fact that in the nineteen hundreds we lost what percentage of our population to the flu? That was like six percent, wasn't it? I think so. About I'm not five quite... six. Yeah. Okay. So I think that, I don't know. And that was pretty. And that was very serious. I mean, now you know. So, uh, now we weren't at the, techn- the, the, the the particularly high technological level we are now, but those were people in a lot of jobs. You know, they were running the trains, they were running 
businesses and things like that, those farmers you're talking about, they died too. So they're not out there bringing in their crops and getting on their tractors. Well, also, when, when did you say this happened, Bruce? It was like 1916. 1916. How many people did we have on this planet at the time? We had... Bruce, it was just after World War One. Yeah, it was like 1918, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. So I was off by two. So what, maybe a couple billion at the most, I think, maybe? Oh, two billion. Two billion. Yeah, it was In two billion that time. Two billion, wow, okay. We've been busy. Well, yeah. China's been busy. <laughs> Everyone's been busy. We were all, the United States was only like a hundred million people at best. We're now approaching getting near to four hundred million. So yeah, we're doing pretty good. I think we're what three sixty million. Anyways, right. Well, that's why I was asking a percentage. Okay, because I figure that so two billion six percent. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That I would take a sizable chunk out of any country's infrastructure and economy because you just have that much manpower gone. Now, if you want to compare it to like the Black Death in Europe and parts of Asia, that was between thirty and sixty percent of the population went. Oh well, yeah, but look how long the Black Death. I mean, it was so popular, it kept coming back for like stints of two to five years for like what a couple centuries. No, it, no, it actually only lasted from thirteen forty six to thirteen fifty three. Remember reading on Wikipedia, it was a bunch more. It was no, no. That's I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. It, it resulted in 75 to 200 million people uh, dying in Europe in the years between 1346 and 1353. Well, I know that date because my roommate has the T-shirt, the Black Death Tour. You know, it's like a rock band shirt. So he's got that. Yeah, but again, it was a self-sufficient world in those days. Yeah. Well, the black. We had to thank the Black Plague, though, for the Renaissance because there was so yes, fewer people. Yes. They had to, well, improvise. Right. Well, they also had a lot of resources they didn't have before to spread around. All that gold that people had could suddenly be used for other things. Like, you know, rather than feeding themselves, they had like people could gather like, you know, ten people's households worth of stuff. Same with the royalty. Uh, you, you you didn't ha you didn't have so many people, therefore you weren't engaging in wars quite so much. Probably, I don't I don't know about that. Well, let's go. Let's go with the lower end of that estimate. Then thirty percent. Thirty percent. That's two point one billion people dead or missing, gone. Yeah, that would put a serious crimp in the in, in everything. I think it would more than put a serious crimp. What today? If we were to lose thirty percent worldwide population, oh, this planet would shut down. It would just because two billion people. That's what all of China, all of India. Those two countries hold one-third of this world's population. Because they're, I think China's at like 1.6 and India's at like 1.3. So we're, that's almost half. Because that's approaching 3 billion. Just those two nations alone. Right. So you have... So anyways, the, the point is that you, you lose all these people, okay? And, you know... And at that point, uh, you know, you know, what is I did? Yeah, again, I did. What does I did do? It's not a matter. The problem isn't you don't have technology. Technology is just sitting right there. No one knows how to use it. Okay, or there's not enough people trained to do the jobs. That's why we're falling back into a earlier level of technology. Okay, because we have to fall back to to a place that we can support. 
you know, uh, that, that we can maintain? I mean, is it is it going to be 1940s technology? Is it going to be 1900 technology? Is it going to be earlier than that? It'll be 1860s. Why, why is that again? Because we've lost what? We've lost so many people. That we're having a hard time keeping up with the technology. Yeah, I mean, we we don't have people to to run the to uh, to run the factories to work in the factories. Well, in America, that isn't actually a big problem these days. Most of manufacturing in America is now overseas for American products. You know, right? Well, America is a huge service economy, and all of a sudden, you don't have. First of all, you don't have the people to do them, and secondly, you may not necessarily need all those people anymore. It's just. Because yeah. there aren't that many customers. I mean, if all of a sudden your average business lost thirty percent of its customers, what would happen to that business? It, it shut down. Oh yeah, I, I at the auto parts warehouse I worked at. If a third of our customers, uh, let's see, we have seventy stores, give or take. So that's what twenty or so, twenty-one stores were to just all of a sudden go out of business. Yeah, that would be a problem for my job. All right. So, so what would I do? What's what are they going to do? I mean, what is their plan of attack to restore Earth to, you know, to 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 cre- if if anything, create a core of a, of a modern technolo- technological world to stretch out and start bringing people into the big kumbaya? I would say they probably have to find um, ways to disseminate information better to train these people to run this technology. So a massive training program through like the internet or something. Memory crystals. Uh, memory crystals would be good. Yeah. Start programming memory crystals with people who know stuff, and then start passing them around. Hopefully, some will rub off. I would say also that would be a, a massive search for new technologies out on the fringe paths to help things keep going, anyways. Simpler high tech, basically high tech that's easier to, to operate by one person, and it's easier to maintain by one person, but they can help lots of people. Uh, you don't think it would be like a first of all? Don't you think that like a martial law would be declared, and and every country would become a uh, uh, essentially a police state because they need to control people in order to keep them alive? Is this a purely random disappearance of people, or is it in clusters? It could be a disease, like I said, anything that would cause suddenly people to either die or become incapacitated to the point where they can't participate anymore. Everybody else has to carry the pieces. Well, if it's a disease, then it will affect genetically. So areas that are well, the the family trees don't branch don't branch too well may get hit the hardest, and those places be just wiped out. I would say something, and John and Rich would get what I would say, but it would be mean, so I'm not going to say it. Well, I, I think that let's say in America, that's not going to be that big of a problem. We have a lot of diversity. Yeah, you know Michigan geography. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, but there, yeah, but you know, there's even places in the United States where the, where the people there are, as my mom would put it, kindly backwards, and they may either survive or or not. You know, say it's the new black plague that comes back and says hi, and yeah, takes out you know. Uh, you know, a third, you know, one third of the population, you know, but it, but it may do so along genetic lines. So, the, those folks who actually there, there's actually the, there's evidence that there's a uh, group from England and some other places that have this gene that makes it more or less immune uh, to the uh, black plague. If you have both genes, both copies of the gene from your mother and father, you're more or less immune. If you only have one copy, 
you may get sick, you might die, you might not, but you will survive, you know. Okay, but that's a kind of a, a very specific thing that doesn't sound yeah. like a, a thing that would work worldwide. No. So you, it, you, don't think, you don't think that the United States, for example, would, would declare – and I'm using the United States just as an example – declare martial law and says, okay, everybody in the country, you all now have to move down to Louisiana because that's where all the refineries are and – uh, that's where we can grow crops pretty much year round. Bruce, no, hold on, wait. I, I, I got this. I got this because I was just reading. I was just reading about in, in World War One because I, I work for ECBC, which is uh, Edgewood Biological Chemical uh, Facility. And during World War One, when ECBC was created, the government actually essentially seized a few businesses to to fight this new chemical weapon threat that that was introduced in World War One. Um, and they actually conscripted, pretty much conscripted the workers for those corporations into government employees. And so, no, I, I, or yes, I think, I think you're right, Bruce. I think that's exactly what the government would do. Um, because that's, and that in some ways that's sort of the responsibility of the government to help protect and, and ensure the safety of its people. And if that is the best course of action, then. Yeah, as a society. And I don't think people would resist because in those times of need like that, the citizens were like fine with these kind of things. You know, the government says we're going to ration and the citizens go, yeah, that's a good idea. We need to do that, you know, for the cause. If it's a black plague, they'll probably conscript as many geneticists and medical researchers as possible into finding a, a cure for it, or at least a way to stop it from spreading. Maybe it's thirty percent because because they did that. But but yeah, I, but but still at the same time, like like Bruce was saying, it's like you know you you are now a farmer. Okay, I'm a farmer. I'm going to help save society. So I, yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's exactly what they would do. See, I would see that IDET in that kind of situation, their job would be to go and try to take the disease to another world and see if they could, uh, where they haven't suffered this catastrophe and try to put their best minds to trying to find the cure and then coming back and disseminating it you know, as an inoculation for the remaining population. And then they could then go ahead and, um, and, and then recover. Because otherwise, really, you know, if, if, if people are willing to do that and um, they're uh, not just, I don't know, just not uh, eat all their food and then turn around and attack their neighbor. Uh, Earth doesn't really need IDET for this. I mean, I'm reminded of an old TV series back in the uh, 70s, The Survivors. Uh, it, it, it's, basically, it's basically Rogue 417. Uh, Richard, do you remember The Survivors? I've, I've, seen, I've seen both versions. Yeah, it basically, uh, a, a, a Chinese uh, biologist comes up with a plague and he drops the vial, you know, and basically goes on a worldwide trip, spreading the spreading the the, the virus before he dies. Yeah, he kills like ninety eight percent of the population. Yeah, and so like twelve monkeys. Twelve monkeys, yes, yes. Yeah, along that line, similar similar concept. Yeah, so in that case, you know, if it's killing off a major portion of the population, I, I think if I'm fringeworthy, I'm staying on the platform. I'm not coming home. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if it's that bad, I would be fleeing Earth. Sure, anybody would who could get off Earth. That or try to. If I have family, uh, my my main job would be to rescue my family, right, and get them to like places like Alice Springs or Hatsumi Base or someplace where I know. It'd be hard for the disease to get to. Let's us all there. And if possible, start giving him crystals. Here, hold this crystal key for an hour. Good luck for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, okay, so so yeah, I mean, uh, so you see, I basically the people of I dash going and trying to find their loved ones and just uh, leave leaving the ship like rats. Okay, uh, because mm-hmm. it's just it's just too big for I dash to do anything about. Yeah, I mean, what can we do? I mean, go out and find a a, a metric a manure ton of um, dock boxes and start spraying them around. Hmm. That would be nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying. That was why I was asking. How bad does it have to be in order for it to be, you know, really, really a, a problem? And and of course, as soon as it's over. You know, then of course you've got ninety-eight percent of the population gone. All that's left is the fringe-worthy. You know, it's kind of like what we talk about when you know the aliens took over and decimated the planet. You know, then it's just basically repopulating the Earth from the portals. If it's just thirty percent, then it's it's a matter of okay, weathering the storm and then basically helping you know help you know find some technology. Basically, the new Renaissance. You know, you know. Bring bring new technology to help to help their survivors come back, uh, and the thing is, uh, one thing I gotta point out, Bruce, is that if it, if it's if it's totally random, it's totally random in, in the United States government as well. So you may actually lose the president and the vice president to the sucker. Who's in charge now? The Secretary of State could be the Secretary of Education. Yeah, like it, like in Babylon, not Babylon Five, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah, you, you may have somebody who's to, who basically doesn't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> more likely, more likely, it might actually be a general somewhere. Yeah, basically he declares martial declares martial law, and you know, for for the duration, however long the duration is. All right, yeah. you know the uh, by the way the the one I listed here, lockout. That's a, a new uh, a book coming out from John uh, Scully who did Old Man's War. It's a it's a, a disease that makes everybody have Lou Gehrig's disease. They they essentially they can't communicate anymore, and uh, it, it hits such a large percentage of the population that uh, outside of warehousing them, there it, it becomes like a Manhattan project. We've got to do something to either cure these people or help them. Oh. And and what they do is is that they. Uh, they are trying to cure them, but in the meantime, what they do is that they devise a brain um, uh, computer interface that lets them essentially run, uh, 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 drive mechanical telepresence of robots like uh, surrogates. Mm, okay. So all these people are laying around in, in beds, but they're actually running around you know, in their surrogates. There's a wonderful story written in 1982 by Frank Herbert called The White Plague. A biologist is, creates a virus that only attacks people who don't have the Y chromosome. That is women. Women, yeah. But in this particular case, as, as a like in his thing, he they they made just have this Manhattan Project to go and find a way of of being able to have people come up with a solution to let them do stuff, even though they were locked, free them from their prison of flesh. And that's where IDEC could come in looking for a technological solution. Hey, you know, look, we know worlds where they've got tech. You know, let's go and see if they've got some, if they, someone can help us develop a brain, you know, mechanical interface. Maybe one already exists. You know, now we have a, re- have a reason to, to manufacture it on a worldwide basis when before it, it might have been more of a curiosity. One of the things I mentioned was the, uh, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, was the artificial, um, rea- uh, was like AI. Yeah. Well, 
in, in some stories, there's an artificial reality addiction where people go in and they just they, they operate completely in the artificial reality thing, especially if they're white collar people. Like I do my job as a programmer, I could do that in an artificial reality situation and never come out and just simply send my work off to work and have virtual meetings and stuff like that. And that could be very bad for society in uh, the uh, unincorporated man novel. That's exactly what happened. It's almost destroyed the world. They finally had to outlaw it completely. Oh, is that that Bruce Willis movie, Surrogates? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, it wasn't quite that. And there's there's another book called Ready Player One, which delves into that some too, which is really really good book. And I remember a short story uh, where basically they, yeah the the youth live in this VR overlay universe where they basically don't interact with the real universe but with the real world but deaths. Yeah, uh, but my point here is is that this is a kind of a an, an AI plague. Okay, so people mm-hmm. the fringeworthy people if they've gone out and explored. Uh, you know the the fringe pass and have run into virtual worlds and had to escape them. They might have actually developed the skills to allow them to fight the AI on their on its own terms, a la the Matrix. Oh yeah, you could have fringeworthy teams whose job was to come in and basically try to hack into the AI uh, virtual worlds and try to get people free. And then a, a, a computer scientist like myself would say, so you're doing this the hard way. Find where the computer is and pull its plug. What if it's, a, was it, it's an entirely distributed network? There is no, there's no one plug to pull. Then, that, then you'd have to, then I would start making denial of service attacks in the, on every computer out there and take them down. On the millions and billions of computers. Well, you're asking the, the computers who are running the uh, the AI to do denial of service attacks on itself. I yeah. think that the AI itself would probably be stopping you from doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a possible solution. You could yeah. certainly you might try to isolate certain areas and stuff as denial of service. But that's again, you're having to get into the system to do that, and you're having to, you know and, and do it without the AI realizing that you're doing it because then it will stop you. And, and I think that the, the IDET could get these kinds of cyber uh, terrorism or warfare type teams going to try to save their Earth from the AI that has, in essence, enslaved them, possibly unknowingly, has enslaved the entire world. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's also, to catch a thief, you need a thief. Go out there and find a friendly AI to help you. Are there any? Don't know. Hey, hey wait a minute, I could think of one. The fringe system. Ooh. It's an AI. We've already established that. Yeah. Try to convince it to, to uh, hack into the it's already It's already hacked into the system. <laughs> well, let's, let's – okay, since, since you finally brought that up, okay, I was waiting for someone to do that. Richard, <laughs> at what point does the Tamalern step in and help Earth? Portals 4. He said Portals 4. Oh, Portal 4. But he's dodging the question. <laughs> he doesn't want to answer it. <laughs> it's fighting fire. I mean, the best way, yeah, if you can find a, a friendly AI out there, you know, um, like I said, you know, if you use the Portal's book, great. If you make your own worlds, that's even just as good, you know. And maybe there's a world there. You decided to do 2001 on Space Odyssey, and you got Hal. Or, or in this case, Sal. His stay-at-home uh, companion uh, counterpart. Flix, you brought up it's okay. Get the fringe system itself to do it. 
I would think that the fringe system is, what's the word I'm looking for here? Dedicated. Its job is specifically, yeah, it's an AI and it knows all this and it gives the gift of language. Its sole job is to manage the fringe system. It, it hasn't been saving all the worlds out there where all kinds of plagues and stuff has happened so far. So I kind of think you'd have to have the intervention of somebody who had administrator access to do that. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just throwing out ideas for, for, you know, what to do. Help us, help us, Obi-Wan Schmert. You're our only hope. Right. And it, and it may, it may, and it may not. I mean, we've all, we've already discussed that, that the, there's something special about our earth, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, considered true. So there you go. I mean, maybe that's enough. You know, it's like, hey, the earth that's supposed to be. Spethel. Spethel. Special help. <laughs> yes. They want to hug us and, and squeeze us and love us. And if they're bad, they will rub us along the way. All right. I think we've pretty much covered the uh, plane during a disaster at this point. Yeah. Because we've done zombies. We've done this. We've done, you know, all the different kinds of disasters and losing Earth and then fighting for Earth back, you know, back, back from the, like, fringe pirates and such. So I think we've uh, – is there any other – no. Is, is, is there any other disaster we can plan for the future? Well, the only other one that we haven't touched on is Coptics, but again, as Rich just said earlier, <coughs> Portals 4. <coughs> so we'll, we'll deal with that then. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it, 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 basically, a lot of it is infrastructure. I mean, you know, something bad happens, you got to rebuild the infrastructure and, and, get, and get everything back on the footing. So, yeah, we pretty much covered that. Yeah. 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 I just wanted to check because I, I thought that this – you know, the, you know, we, we've done pieces of this particular one, but this particular topic kind of pulls together all the things we've said before, you yeah. know, about things that could happen on Earth. Yeah. So you want to put a cherry on this? <laughs> hey, I'm the let Johnny come lately. I think I think one of you guys should. I think it's Trav. No, it's Trav. Trav started it. Trav, take us out. Oh man. Okay. Something happens on Earth Prime that causes a massive population drop. No matter what the source, it could be ecological disaster, it could be invasion of some force, it could be technologically based, would cause IDET to have to act in some way to help preserve humanity in some way, if only a certain amount. Hopefully, if you were to play this, you would come up with unique and interesting ways for your players to help Earth survive and adapt, either internally on Earth Prime working things out or going out onto the fringe paths to gain either allies or technologies and sciences to help alleviate the stresses on Earth Prime. If you listeners come up with any suggestions on how this could be done, Please contact us, of course, on the Yahoo groups, on the site that you get this from, tritechsystems.podbean.com, the Facebook groups, the Fans of the TriTech Games Podcast, and Fringeworthy RPG Fans Facebook group. We would love to hear your suggestions. Of course, hit us up on iTunes as well. Put a review on so we know, you know we're getting feedback because we love that. And 
We'll act upon those suggestions and give you feedback as well. We, that's one of the things we love doing is interacting with listeners. We'll interact with all of you again next time. But until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game. Hate the players. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, We'll be after your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav of the Travcast, Hour 3 of Blind Wolf's Rubber Room Association on DementiaRadio.org, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern.